This podcast from Teacher Magazine is supported by the Queensland Department of Education and Training. We're now recruiting teachers of all year levels, subject areas and professional experience to teach Queensland style. Discover Outback Queensland and advance your teaching career. To find out more and apply, visit www.teach.qld.gov.au. Hello, thank you for downloading this podcast from Teacher. I'm Rebecca Vukovic. In this podcast special, we're speaking with two educators who are changing the lives of the students in their schools by instilling a love of science in them. Both teachers were named winners of the Prime Minister's Prize for Excellence in Science Teaching, one for primary and one for secondary. We'll be speaking to the secondary school winner, Brett McKay, later in this episode. But first, we have Assistant Principal Neil Bramson from Mount Oosley Public School in New South Wales. He was awarded the coveted prize for the way he's formed innovative partnerships with scientists, the community and other schools. Here's Neil sharing more about these partnerships. So one of the things I'm always keen to do is um, leverage expertise in the community and externally. Um, Teachers shouldn't be the experts in everything they do, but they should sort of facilitate making good things happen. Mm -hmm. So over the the course of probably 10, 12 years now, I've looked to... um, up on, on those people externally that can help us and some of those examples have been you know that the common one that a lot of people would know in Australia would be the, the scientists in schools program mm-hmm. whereby scientists from uh, universities or in professional practice make it make a link with the school and we've had uh, a couple of scientists from the University of Wollongong which is which is just down the road from us come in and, and run workshops and sessions with students on um, bacteria and biology type aspects things where they're better equipped to to deliver that learning and make it engaging and, and having the resources to make it happen um, has been really beneficial. Similarly, we've taken opportunities, just things as simple as Skype, to, to connect with um, schools in Africa. We were doing a national parks unit last year with a stage two class, so uh, we're comparing and contrasting. So one of those things we did do was connect with Yellowstone National Park and have their rangers talk to our guys about the different flora and fauna that you find between, you know, for instance, the Royal National Park and Yellowstone, two of the the oldest national parks in the world. Research shows the most effective schools identify appropriate partnerships to address specific student needs. Here's Neil sharing more about how he goes about selecting the people or organisations he partners with. There's a degree of luck and good fortune as well. I think it's a lot of it today in this day and age is networking and particularly using social media. So, uh, for instance, with Twitter... Twitter uh, enabled that connection with Yellowstone. Uh, I use Twitter regularly to, to showcase student work and to, to share my learning. Um, Yellowstone does a similar thing through their ranges in terms of, of promotion and, and education for communities. So Twitter was a great connection on that point. Um, some, some information comes through, through your generic departmental emails and contacts. Uh, and then others is, is making connections and just asking people, look, I think you've got some good expertise here. Would you mind sharing some of that time with the school? Of course, you may get a no, and that's, that's more than acceptable. Everyone's busy. Um, but quite occasionally people go, yeah, that's a good thing. I'd like to help out. And if it's an area of interest for themselves or it's their niche, then they're probably quite excited to share back to, to a school community about something that they're passionate about. 
Neil has said that science is a way of hooking kids into learning. Here, he shares some examples of how he hooks kids into learning in his lessons. Yeah, well, I think in primary school, uh, it, it is our job to hook kids into learning, be it science or any other learning area. So for myself, uh, and, and focusing on science and maths, I guess, predominantly, it's really about uh, picking topics, concepts, content even, that's really, that has that potential to be interesting. You know, with science, you've obviously got that physical, the physicality and the, the, the notion of chemicals and mixtures, uh, those things we're all used to, such as slime and volcanoes and elephant's toothpaste. Uh, one of the things I do because of my connections with the Honeywell Space Academy for Teachers is rocketry. Mm-hmm. So when you have kids building a, a model rocket and then uh, testing it and repeatedly improving it and firing it, they're seeing something that, that is really exciting. I mean, all kids love a little explosion in a safe manner. Um, and those types of things are what, what gets them in. But it's, you know, the other simple way is you can look at kindergarten, you can put a a source of milk on the on the carpet, put in some food colouring and add some detergent and look at surface tension uh, and you've got those scientific questions being posed and the mind buzzing and it's, the kids are just wow. So it doesn't have to be big, it doesn't have to be fancy, it doesn't need expensive toys. I think anything that's hands-on, hands-on learning is really the best way in. Neil is passionate about getting his students to problem solve and seek answers to their own questions. For example, students at Mount Oosley created the school's butterfly garden themselves. They researched, costed, ordered and constructed the garden, which they now use as a space for reading and quiet activities. Here, Neil shares another example of what happened when the school kinder found themselves with an empty sandbox. The empty sandbox. Well, we had unhappy kindies. The sandbox, it's, it's very non, it's, well, I should say it's quite nondescript and low-key. It's, it's, it's effectively a sandbox on some legs in the playground that, that was put in a special place for, for kindy to use, uh, just to have a place to play. You know, it's about two, two metres by two metres and a, a foot deep or so. Um, so that box was empty. So the tradition was, you know, every couple of, couple of times of year we'd, we'd get a truckload of sand in and top it up uh, until the kindies had emptied it again because um, they're having fun. Then we, I was looking at opportunities. Well, how can I bring project-based inquiry learning into the school? I'd been to High Tech High in San Diego and looked at some of their project-based learning approaches. And it's really about having that open, open question. So my question to some Year 3, 4 students was, well, the box is empty. How much sand do we need to fill it? It's as simple as that. And then letting those students go on a journey of, well, how are we going to test or identify the volume capacity uh, of the box? what are we going to do it with and so on. So in this case, students came up with uh, pouring litre jugs of water in to try and measure in volume uh, using water. That didn't work, the water ran out. We had kids using um, cubic or square blocks, so thousand squares, mm-hmm. and they were building those up in a physical sort of block array to calculate the capacity. Um, some students could focus on area, other students straight away knew that the concept of volume was at play and were doing three-dimensional measuring. So we had these students trialling different ways of calculating the, the amount of sand needed to fill that box. And, and we got there and I think probably four groups of, of the eight came up with a, an answer within about 10% of, of what was pretty accurate, which was quite good. Mm-hmm. Because it's not always about getting the right answer in this process, it's about all the students having entry points for success. So some students might be good at working out area but don't have those cognitive skills to get to to the three dimensions, volume and capacity. So different students work on different aspects. 
We then had the students uh, costing what that sand would be from a supplier and they were able to ring up with the school credit card pardon me and order that. So uh, before it was delivered they had to construct a map that got the truck into the school in a safe way. They had to make sure when they ordered the sand that it didn't arrive at uh, lunch or recess obviously because that was playtime. So it was a real it was a real practical event, a practical learning event uh, that substituted, complemented, replaced aspects of my, my maths teaching for that two or three, four weeks uh, and allowed me to backward map some of those outcomes into other areas of the curriculum as well. Both winners of the Prime Minister's Prize for Excellence in Science Teaching were awarded $50,000 in prize money. The prize money is shared equally between the recipients and the schools in which they teach. The school share must be used to enhance student learning. Here, I asked Neil how he intends to use the prize money. Uh, the, the component going to the school will be, we've already planned quite excitedly what we can do with that in that we're going to do two things. Um, we're not going to buy lots of toys, but we will buy or top up some of our resources, which we'll be looking at probably a Lego robotics model because that's quite flexible across K-6. to six. Uh, It offers some scope for computational thinking and coding. Uh, coding not being the only way into computational thinking, but it's certainly an accessible one. Uh, primarily, though, everything we, we, will, we will do will be about building teacher capacity. Um, and it's always about teacher capacity and teacher quality in any professional learning and any investment of funds. That was Neil Bramson there, Assistant Principal of Mount Oosley Public School and winner in the primary schools category. Now we move on to the other end of the school age range and hear from Brett McKay, who is head teacher of science at Kirrawee High School in New South Wales. Much like Neil, Brett is also very focused on forming partnerships with experts in the community. Those partnerships have included lectures at the University of New South Wales and visits to Sydney Observatory. Brett was awarded the prize in the secondary schools category for the way he encourages his students to love science and use it in their daily lives. Here, he shares how he goes about doing that. What the biggest thing is, is science is all around us. Science is actually part of life. And quite often students see science as being what's done in the classroom and they don't see where it's related to what's happening around them. So by constantly getting them to talk about what they're doing in their lives then trying to talk to them about how science has an impact on that. That's the first thing. It's, so it makes it relate, makes so that it relates to them. So they can actually understand what's going on and they can actually see the science is around them. That's even, it probably first started way back when I started teaching over 20 years ago when some of the girls came back who went off to do apprenticeships as hairdressers and then came back and started saying, hey, we need to know about chemistry. Can you give us some information about it so we can actually do our apprenticeships? And from then, it's, it's been one of those big things that I've always do is try and relate it back to what are the opportunities out there, how science is, change, is working on them. So it's not forcing them to go and listen to someone who they don't necessarily want to hear, but making them aware of the opportunities that are there and therefore enable them to go from there. The other two ones which I really mentioned is the one with the with ANSTO, the nuclear reactor at Lucas Heights, where we sent six students, 
six female students the last two years out to Anstow to actually do a work experience program out there where they actually work in areas that even the teachers can't get to. And what they're finding is, is that scientists are so much more than what they really thought they were. They're finding that you don't have to be the top student. You don't have to be the one who's the nerd in the class to actually be a scientist. And they're starting to actually realise that science is so much broader than what they see at school, that there's so many different opportunities. And they felt before they went that science is pigeonholed into physics, chemistry, biology, mm. and found out that it's not. It actually can be starting off in chemistry and you might, a number of years later, be working in biology or working in environmental science. And how it's all those fields working together that's how real science is. Mm-hmm. And by being immersed with them, all of a sudden they're now realising, hey, we can do science. And so some of them who were mid-range students are now topping some of our courses in Year 11 by actually having that engagement with them. Having been a teacher for 20 years or so, Brett has discovered the importance of connecting students with experts who work in their area of interest. Here, he shares more about how he goes about arranging those partnerships. I always take the viewpoint of every student has their own interests. And a science teacher has got passions and interests in in areas, but you're never going to fully match up with the students. So I'm always looking for things which complement my interests. So therefore, if I've got a passion about a thing and I see something that is a little bit off, that's not where I normally possibly fit, is trying to look at with those and say, hey, that's not where I am, but the student, that might be the student's interest. So therefore, what, how can we actually make so they have those opportunities? Like with the Australian Museum, with their new Frog ID program, I'm not a biologist. And by being t- looking into that and being able to find out about that, it was actually something that I could bring to those students and say, hey, here's another opportunity which is broader than what I would normally be talking to you and therefore going from there. So that's the first thing is looking for things that complement. The second thing is it needs to be something where the kids are actively engaged. So just going to talk and things are something which they can follow with their, with their interests, but more importantly, if the students can actually be immersed or engaged in something, and they're going to see something which they don't have the opportunities to do at school, or done in a way that's going to add a different viewpoint to what they've got. Those are the things that I'm looking for in terms of projects. Brett was also awarded $50,000 in prize money in recognition of the impact he's made to the science teaching profession. Here, he shares how he plans to go about spending it. At the moment, we're still discussing it. What I've actually done is actually even talk to the students and ask them what do they think we need. So it's actually looking at it from what is the school, what are the school's needs, what do the students actually take on. I was inspired by... Neil, the primary school winner, with their butterfly garden, which they've actually set up. And so some of the discussions have been, is is there a possibility of making an ecosystem that we could actually have the students try and make sustainable? 
other options we're looking at is trying to come up with ways of making the students um, improve their think their cognitive ability, improve their thinking skills. And so there's a couple of projects that we may do from there or see if we can come up with something that makes things a little bit more problem-based learning um, focused in some of the activities we do. So at the moment, it hasn't been decided because I think uh, such a significant amount and such a worthwhile thing really needs careful planning. It needs to really say, we want to make a long-term impact. And so from that, we're still working on what's the best way that we can actually do that for the students. That's all for this episode. To keep listening or to download all of our podcasts for free, just visit acer.ac forward slash teacher iTunes. Or you can head to soundcloud.com forward slash teacher hyphen acer. Of course, you can also check out the full transcript of this podcast by visiting our website, teachermagazine.com.au, where you'll also find the latest articles, videos and infographics for free. You've been listening to a podcast from Teacher Magazine, supported by the Queensland Department of Education and Training. Apply now to teach Queensland style and bring your passion for teaching, love of sunshine and sense of adventure. To find out more and apply, visit www.teach.qld.gov.au.